unexpected twins or unexpected flipping expenses. Those are just two of the topics we talk about in today's episode. Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Jay Helms, and if you're new here, if this is the first time discovering the W2 Capitalist, we as a W2 Capitalist are a resource for married men and women to build multiple streams of income through real estate investing so that you can be more present both mentally and physically with your spouse and potentially your unexpected twins that are on the way and help put you on a path toward building generational wealth. Personally, I want to be the guy that helps you remove the anxiety and stress that comes with financially providing for your family. So before we get into today's episode with Mr. Jamie O'Brien, who's one of our mastermind VPs, I want to point you toward our sponsor, Quest Trust. Quest is my self-directed RA custodian. An RA custodian is someone who can help you convert that old RA or 401k from a previous employer into monies that you can use to invest in real estate. Quest has shown me the night and day difference between my old custodian and them, which is why I reached out to them to transfer my self-directed RA, but also asked if they would sponsor the W2 Capitalist podcast. So check them out today at w2capitalist.com forward slash quest to set up your free consultation with them to start the process of converting your old employer's retirement plan into funds that you can use to invest into real estate. That link is in the show notes for you to grab as well. All right, let's get into today's Ask Me Anything episode with Mr. Jamie O'Brien, W2 Capitalist Mastermind VP. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Today's guest, Mr. Jamie O'Brien, has been on the podcast more than any other human being on the planet. Happy to have him on board. Happy to have him as a mastermind VP. Let's get in his bio. He is a W2 capitalist dedicated to building generational wealth for his family while pursuing financial freedom through real estate investing. Upon learning that he and his wife, Blair, were having twins four years ago, Jamie realized that he wanted more than the W2 could give him. In the last four years, Jamie has been very successful in his role as a medical device representative while building his real estate investing business, O'Brien Homes. Jamie has dabbled in multiple different real estate strategies over the years. However, his core business revolves around wholesale, buy and hold, and fix and flip. Let's bring him in. Jamie, welcome to the show. Hey man, good to see you again. Good. I know. I know. It's what been a couple of days. Yeah. Like maybe 48, not even 48 hours, not even 48 so. hours. That's that's uh, our wives may be uh, questioning why we're spending so much time together. Although we've, well, we've never actually physically met. We're going to try to make that happen over Thanksgiving, but we uh, need to, we need to, it's well overdue. I, I still don't know what we're doing for Thanksgiving. I know you're traveling, but uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's a crazy, um, everything's up in the air right now. I, I'm not yeah. sure a lot of people know exactly what their plans are yet. So mine might change. I mean, I really don't know. It's, it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll find it. And this, this show is going to come out probably the week of uh, Christmas. So okay. we'll, uh, people know, people know, but if you're, uh, if so, if you're, when you're listening, you're watching. So today is an ask me anything. Jamie has been on the, the show multiple times. And uh, matter of fact, 
uh, we were just chatting about potentially a co-host opportunity here. So we'll, we'll uh, uh, I'm going to dive into that and, and um, excuse me, we're going to plant that seed and maybe see where it goes. But uh, got got old Santa Claus up there, old fishing Santa like Claus. It. He looks home. like he has angel wings with that palm tree behind him there. But uh, um, just a better so funny. view of the fish from up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, doing a little sight fishing, <laughs> <laughs> which in my opinion is the best kind of fishing. There's nothing more exhilarating than, than seeing something and just casting at it and then teasing it and getting yeah. it to bite. I don't. Yeah. No, the, like the there, there's some no, work behind it, not just luck. Right. Without getting on a tangent, the, my favorite fishing growing up was, was Cobia. Cause we would, we would run <sighs> the buoys and you would just throw whatever, in front of their face and try and they would just look at it and you know it was like this battle the half the battle was just getting them to take the bait yeah yeah i um i've seen a cobia yeah in other people's coolers and other people's boats i've never even hooked one i don't even know you all have a pretty good cobia migration down there don't you we do we do migration or not but yeah they do yeah usually and where we're at you know we we um i used to be real before we started having kids real big into fishing um Sad to say, it's been several years since I've actually, what I would call fishing. Now, we'll hit the little freshwater ponds behind our house. I mean, we have uh, fishing rods on the back of our golf cart for a reason. We'll just sure. pull up and we'll, it's almost like every cast, you're going to catch a bass, right? After two or three, then they're they're onto you and you just have to go somewhere else. But I haven't been in a boat fishing, fishing in years. So I think, um, I believe you you uh, threw a teaser about a W two capitalist meetup yeah. at some point in time or a convention, yeah. if you will. So yeah, maybe that could be a uh, kind of side yeah. side adventure for the mastermind members. Yeah. So spoiler spoiler alert: there is a W two capitalist in person event being planned. Um, I was shooting for April of twenty twenty one. Uh, but here's the thing. And I wanted to have it in Pensacola because I want to introduce you guys to a lot, a lot of what we do and kind of what we experience as, as the Helms family here on the coast and um, a lot of cool stuff we could do for, for networking and just building relationships. And what I found out is that every venue that has a place that we can meet and we could accommodate like 50 people, it's not going to be a huge event. It's going to be very, very intimate uh, we might even end up on a sailboat, uh, shipping, sipping champagne with everybody just, you know, eating sushi and sipping yeah. champagne and, and watching the sunset. Um, but every venue that has space that could accommodate 50 folks, uh, is booked, is booked from like the end of February all the way to the end of July. And, you know, then you come up with, well, what do you, do you go somewhere else or you, do you just plan it for, the other part, you know, the year. And quite frankly, my, I'm kind of bummed because I wanted it to happen, right? I want to mm-hmm. go ahead and get it, get it done and, and whatnot. Uh, Cause you guys actually have been pressuring me to have one and it, it is long overdue. It's long overdue, but uh, in October, the, it's the best time to be in, on the beach. Oh yeah. The, the sun shifts, right? So you get that Western, uh, Western sunset. They're amazing. They're beautiful. Just incredible. Tourists are gone for the most part because all the kids are back in school, whatnot. So you have access to the beaches, you have access to restaurants. There's usually not a whole lot of waiting that has to go on. And the weather has cooled off. So you're not just sweating balls, just trying to be outside. So yeah. So 
I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. It's, there's going to be something happen in 2021 unless something dramatically happens with COVID and everybody has to not leave their house for four months. We're, we're going to do something. So thank you for bringing that up. Well, I didn't mean to, uh, to to ruin the surprise, but I'm actually no, glad that it's out there because now that's going to put a, just a little more pressure on you to make sure it happens. And I'm yeah. all about that. So uh, that's, uh, I'm yeah. ready. That's good. I like the extra pressure for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually have my VA, uh, it's on her to-do list and, um, Perfect. she's got to get a couple other things knocked off and then we're going to focus on that, uh, real hard probably in January. But anyway, today, before you hold me accountable, make me, <laughs> yeah, we kind of got it. We got up. going down there. Uh, we, uh, today we're doing an ask me anything, right. Or ask us anything. This is mainly for you though, because you are the flipping wholesaling burr, mastermind vp uh for those of you who don't know we expanded the mastermind back uh was it? november we started in november okay, yeah. right so november 1st we did this and, and now we have niche calls where, where before it was just a general session it was a hodgepodge of didn't matter what niche you were investing in you were in a group with folks and we we've grown big enough to kind of split that out and uh we're growing it's pretty exciting to to see everything that's been happening in the last month or I think within the last month, we we've had over fifteen people join the mastermind, which is which is incredible. incredible. It's yeah. pretty exciting. Uh, I'm I'm super pumped. I actually did. I actually, I don't know. There was there was a time where I kind of got bummed out when it wasn't growing as fast, and then somebody signed up the other day, and I just I just let it all. I was like, ah! like you know, mm-hmm. like this is another person who's going to change their life for being in this group. But anyway, right. um, ask us anything. We have how many questions? We have more questions than we're going to have time to get to. Let's put it that Perfect. way. But they're from the community, the W2 Capitalist community. Uh, and I'm just going to go down through the list here. A lot of these names you're going to, you're going to recognize. You're going to, you're going to know. Uh, Chris Bounds. Uh, this is his question. Chris says, 10 years from now, what will have made the most impact on your life? The number of flips, number of wholesales, or the number of buy and holds? Oh, man, that's a great question. So they're, they're also different but they're all mm. the same in, in my mind. Uh, you know, our it's strategy- It's a very philosophical question too, by the way. It, it is. We don't I get mean, a whole lot in real estate investing. It, it really is. <laughs> I mean, I, um, I I think a lot like you, I'm a big believer in buy and hold for long-term wealth generation. Uh, that's yeah. That's been a primary focus of ours from the get-go. That's where the burr comes in to our strategy and to this mastermind is- that throughout the process of, I, I, we buy houses to rehab them. Um, mm. We just exit in different ways sometimes. Uh, and so I think to answer his question, it's going to be twofold. So the biggest impact is probably going to be buy and hold. Um, as far as, I don't know about 10 years, but I think 30 years, I think that's going to be our biggest generational wealth generator um, in our portfolio. Now the the more active side of the business is going to be your flips and, and your wholesales. And uh, my goal is to build enough income um, through those active activities to give me options, uh, yeah. whether that is to, you know, I got furloughed in April and I don't scary, want to have to rely on <laughs> somebody else's dream and business. I love my job. I love my company. I just, I want options. And so yeah. our goal is to build enough active income to uh, if something were to happen like that again, to not have to worry about it. Yeah. So that's kind of a, 
a loaded answer, but that's how yeah. I feel about it. My na- my neighbors right over here, um, just she wasn't furloughed or anything, but our we had some storms come through and our internet was out for a few days, which we were ex- hugely uh grateful that that was the only thing that we had you know we didn't even lose our neighborhood didn't even lose power which was which was kind of crazy i I may have said the other day it was a couple months ago (laughs) hurricane sally came through and um you know she's sitting there saying i need the internet she was she's usually just level-headed just whatnot she was like i need the internet back on because if i'm not working i'm not getting paid and i'm Mm -hmm. like yeah i i don't know what to tell you i we kind of make money when i sleep right I didn't say that. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I've called them, you know, they're, they're, they're on it. They're doing the best they can. I mean, that's know, the reality of it though. I mean, is, is let's, let's make our money, make money while we're yeah. not doing anything with it. And, yeah. and so um, I, I think if you ask me what my long-term strategy is, if that's the question, it's, it's eventually to build a buy and hold portfolio. Yeah. Do you think you'll, do you think you'll, um, like what's, what's the longest you've held a property to date buy and hold? <laughs> We're, we're selling it. <laughs> so, um, it. It would be four years in December. So four we're actually years. going to, we're actually going to sell it almost exactly on the four year anniversary. Nice. Um, nice. So in that, yeah. that just was a, a decision made based. It, it was our first or, or my first rental property. It's um, it's not in my immediate geographic location. So it's about an yeah. hour away. COVID, we were doing student student rental with it. I think it still could be a, a great rental property down the road, but there were some uh, just some personal yeah. decisions that came up that we decided it was time to sell. And you know, that's to to kind of answer that question where I think buy and hold is so powerful is only in four years that property is appreciated forty grand. You know, and, mm. and so people will argue and say, well, you got closing costs and everything else. Yeah, but I mean, we still made money on that property, and we've enjoyed the benefits of cash flow for for four years. So yeah. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a good deal. I, um, we, when our, our very first rental property, I thought, well, we're going to, we're going to hold this thing forever. Yeah. Right. We paid cash for it. It was 22,000. We put 9,000 into it. It ran right, right away. We hit for 600 bucks a month and we had the best tenant in there. And, um, I, we're, we're going to, we're going to hold this thing forever, forever. Yep. Well, apparently forever is three years and that's about <laughs> our max is, is forever. And, and I, I realized the the market is cyclical and, and, you know, we just paid attention to it and said, look, we can, I think it was like a 73% return on that one. That's and great. then we had a duplex that was just unreal. It was, we had a duplex that we bought about the same time frame, and we sold it almost on the anniversary of, of buying it too. And that one was a, 396% return, but yeah, yeah, it's just, and again, we were going to hold it forever. It's great, great location there. It was on a big enough lot. We could have expanded if we wanted to, and that was the plan. But I, I started seeing everything that was going on around us. And I was like, there, I don't know why people are paying this, but I'll tell you what, if I can get more than what the market's giving right now, why not? Exactly. And, I mean, it, it's kind of, it's a no brainer. That's, that's the beautiful part about real estate. There's so many different options. I mean, and you have to, I, I feel like you have to be agile, you know, or, yeah. or be willing to kind of pivot. Um, yep. When the opportunity strikes. So, yep. Yeah, I agree. All right. Question number two is a little bit more personal. Uh, okay. And I, I know Brody. So bro, this is Brody's yeah. question. And I was like, is there something he's, he's needs to tell us? Uh, it was, how do you feel? How did you feel? when you first knew you were having twins, like you got the news. Oh man. So, um, 
Because your first babies, they were they were twins. First, first babies, twins, right? First babies. <laughs> there there was a level of uh, initially excitement. I mean, we knew we were pregnant. Yeah. It, it wasn't until we went in for that first ultrasound that <laughs> um, I think it was pure shock. So I I my my day job is medical device. I've got some experience with ultrasound. My wife had no idea what she was looking at on the screen. No, no clue. Yeah. It's and all, so, it's all mumbo jumbo to me too. So, it's <laughs> so my, my pure shock was I saw two and there was actually a third sack that people don't really, we, I mean, we talk about it sometimes it would just never develop. So there, there actually mm, could have been three. three. And so my initial reaction was, holy shit. So <laughs> like, what, what are we going to do? Like, you know, I don't, I don't know how to handle this. It was, it was pure shock. <clears throat> excuse me. I, I, uh, it was pure excitement because we had been, we had been going down that, um, that journey of trying to get pregnant for a while. So yeah, it was this combination. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think my wife's reaction was terror. It was just pure mm. terror. I mean, she just had no idea what we we're going to do with, with two of them at one time, but, uh, it, it's well, a there's a reason ride. why women have children and not men. Right. Right. <laughs> we cannot <That's>, handle it. Oh <laughs> uh, Yeah. I, yeah, I can't imagine two at once. Yeah. But I mean, Hey, I mean, I think it's, it's been a blessing way more than it's been a curse. It's been hard. Um, yeah. but it really, uh, that having twins was, was really what kicked this whole journey into gear. Um, I've talked about that on, I think previous episodes and a little bit and, uh, kind of my story is when we found out we were having twins, um, there really was no, we don't have family close. There was no option. Yeah for my wife to go back to work really, uh, especially not at the job she was, she was at. Yeah. Um, so it was like, I, we, we've got to find another way to, to supplement this income and, or, uh, kind of grow our wealth to give my yeah. family. Cause you don't want to want them to have stay level, right. You right. want to grow. Exactly. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I keep forgetting that you, you don't have, you, you and I are so much alike. You don't have family close by and, and, um, we don't have twins, but, uh, whew still hard, um, man. It's hard. I mean, it's, you have three of them running around, so uh, yeah. it's still tough. They're yeah. all running now for sure. Yeah. Yep. Six, six, three and, and one matter of fact, the youngest just had her checkup today. All good. All good. Uh, and, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. What are we thinking? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we talk about it all the time. Are we done? We're done. Yeah. Like, we're done. We're done. We're done. Yeah. I'll I mean, go get the surgery tomorrow. We're done. She's like, well, let's, not, let's agree that maybe we're done, but our family is not growing, you know, cause we we've talked about wanting to adopt and stuff like that. Um, sure. Okay. Or maybe yeah. even foster. I don't know. Um, and so we're, we're talking that out and I, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. And, uh, holy crap. I'll tell you this, if you're still having the properties. conversation, yeah. I mean, if you're still having the conversation, <laughs> then you're not yet done. Um, you're when, true. when you leave That's that true. doctor's office with a, with a little goodie bag, then you're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, all right. So Brody's got a follow-up question here. So okay. What are some unknown expenses you ran into on your very uh, yeah. first few flips or very first flip or, or one I, or two? I run into unexpected expenses on every flip. Um, I feel like okay. it's just part of the business. So we, we build in a buffer for that. Um, five to 10% is usually... We'll usually cover it. The biggest ones I've run into, uh, the, my very first flip was a sewer line. So it was an older house built in the early 60s, had the old terracotta pipe. Um, yeah. Shame on me, I didn't inspect it when we bought it. Uh, we just kind of expected the the main bones and, and 
um, kind of big items of the house. And yeah. sure enough, when we went to sell it, um, the, the, the sewer line was collapsed. And so we had to replace <laughs> it all the way to the street. And that was a nice uh, $4,500 expense. We, we didn't expect that same house. Also, um, it was in, we were doing it in the winter and we had a, a water line burst after we had finished construction. So that was in another, oh, nice. you know, $1,500 expense. Luckily it was, um, it was an exterior laundry room from the main house. Okay. And it was a water line going from the, the house to the, the laundry room. So yep. no damage. We just had to rerun plumbing, um, a different route. So that was, that was <laughs> my first two first flip big, you know, two big expenses that we did not expect. Now, when you say five to 10%, what's that five to 10% of, is that your renovation budget? Like you kind of walk yeah. through and you say, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And then you add five to 10% on top of that. That's how you do it. Yeah. So I'll usually run my numbers and, and whatever, if it's a flip, for example, we'll put a, whatever our profit number is 25, 30 grand, whatever that number may be. Um, whatever our rehab budget runs down to, we'll add, I'll usually add about 5% to that. Gotcha. And then that's cool. our kind of offer or purchase price that we try and try and achieve just to give a little more buffer uh, in case yeah. something comes up. It's amazing. Like, Cause I've ran into issues with terracotta clay before too. And it's amazing that that used to be code. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I know. You know, the way that it's just, I mean, they're, they're what, um, two foot sections maybe or 18 inch sections and they're just yeah. clamped yeah. together, just, not clamped just, together. They're just, Push together. Just push. Yep. yep. <laughs> I mean, there's I no way the, tree roots are going to get in there once the, no. they figure out water's. I just don't uh -huh. understand how that was. It makes me wonder, like, if if PVC is ever going to uh, eventually be replaced, or like, oh, it can't be this sort of PVC or whatever. I, I, I mean, know. what else? What else do you go to other than steel? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but that yeah, I had just... to do uh, where when I ran into uh, terracotta clay, I had to use ductile iron because we mm, couldn't get yep, that's right. um, below the surface enough because it was near yeah. your uh, neck of the woods inside the mm -hmm. mountain. But um, too many yeah, rocks. Yeah, too many rocks, too many big rocks <laughs> for sure. Uh, okay, cool. But you still made money on those deals, right? From Because you had the buffer in or, or was that just like a learning curve? Oh, this is where we need to put 5 to 10% up. We started doing 5 to 10% after that first deal. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> The, the best decision I ever made was to buy that first flip. We lost money on it. I think I lost like a thousand bucks or something like that okay. at the end of the day. It, but it was such a good learning experience and, and yeah. it forced me to take that first step and get out of the kind of out of my comfort zone and, and kind of take the leap of faith. Yeah. Um, I knew it was going to be tight. There was a lot of lessons learned. I mean, long story short, I changed kind of our rehab budget in the middle of it et cetera, et cetera. And then unknown expenses pop up and yeah, we, um, we'll say we broke even. I mean, pretty much. So what, every time I hear loss. that, I'm like, yeah, so you lost money. How much did you lose? No, thank goodness. It wasn't a, it wasn't a whole lot. And, uh, yeah. well, you know. is it, is it true? You might've even said this the other day. I, I can't remember who said this. Um, it was not me, but it was like, okay, the first one you're going to lose money on, second one you're going to break even, and then third one is really when you start making money. Is that was that you that said that, or, or uh, I don't know if, <clears throat> don't know if that was me. It, it's, I think it's fairly true. You have so much to learn in, in the beginning. I mean, there, there's just too many unknowns. I mean, unless you have yeah. a, a very good construction background, or unless you partnered or work with somebody else, um, you can go in with all the book education. I mean, I studied for nine months, I think just at everything, real estate 
before yeah. we we bought that first flip and and they're still just learning the process um i'll say i mean we we've been i guess lucky we've done our numbers right whatever you want to call it first one we lost money second one uh we realized that um contractors cost a lot and we made money <laughs> on it but we didn't make nearly as much as i ran the the original numbers at and you know um and then the rest have been pretty steady in our yeah. kind of range of profits since then nice yeah. so unexpected twins unexpected expenses yep unexpected <laughs> that's the okay. that's a story of my life you never know yeah. what you're gonna get <laughs> i love it i love it um all right so that next question julie is julie from julie crawford she's got a few here yeah. actually okay uh, do, do you always have to have cash or hard money when purchasing from a wholesaler you say cash or hard money or cash for hard money or um or when purchasing from a wholesaler i would say 99.9% of the time yes they're they're going to want that um yeah. it's probably rare that a wholesaler is going to give or have the window of time to give you to go get bank financing to come and purchase a deal um i would say that's probably extremely rare that yeah. that they're going to have that that period of time to to give you most of the time um in my experience, wholesalers have a 30 to 45 day window. By the time they market the deal, find somebody that wants it, walk it, they may be at, you know, 30 to 15 days. They just don't have the time window. Um, some sellers will give that extension. Some wholesalers don't want to let the seller know what's going on. There's a lot of moving parts, but the easy answer is probably most of the time you're going to need cash or, or some sort of form of cash, whether it's private or hard money. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I love the question. Never even thought about trying to get bank financing on a wholesale deal. Of course, what I what I see some coming in my inbox. Holy crap! Um, I don't know. I don't know what these wholesalers are thinking. Also, well, I know what they're thinking is they're getting it, and I don't. So the people yeah. who are buying it, I don't know what they're thinking. But then again, I've never flipped a house, so I'm just. Yeah. I just see, you know that that very first rental I was talking about earlier. We bought it for 22. We sold it for 50 last year, maybe two years ago. Right, right. Those properties now are, are selling for like 60 and 70. And I'm mm -hmm. like, all right, maybe maybe we sold too early. I don't know. I, I just, if you're if you're in the cash flow game, I don't know how you're making it work because rents have definitely not kept up in especially in that part of town, but. They, they haven't. I mean, I saw a deal that probably one of the, I'm starting to see more deals from wholesalers that are that are closer um mm. someone in auburn alabama we don't invest there typically but uh, we travel down there for football games my wife went to right. school there i've kind of been keeping a loose eye on that market it's going crazy right now and saw a deal from a wholesaler that i think made a lot of sense but uh, being the conservative more conservative i don't call myself conservative but wanting to get more details i'm going through my due diligence process asking questions yeah. I think it's under market ran. I want to know, like, I want to see the lease, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and before I could even like get one back and forth with the wholesaler, somebody just it's said, I'll buy it. Picked it up. It's gone. I mean, didn't even want to see pictures. You just bought it, you know, just so. It's probably whoever did it, either A, they don't know what they're doing or B, they know exactly what they're doing. They know that right. market, uh, right. like the back of their hand, which I don't know why that's saying is true. I couldn't look at the back. Of, I couldn't tell you what the back of my hand looks like right now without looking at it. <laughs> I, I don't either. And, and like, I mean, I, I know, know there's a couple of freckles. I mean, I know what those freckles are, but other than that, right. <laughs> I still like, I still want to go. I don't know. 
it, maybe it's just me. I still want to see at least pictures of the property, get an idea yeah. of, of what it's going to take. And I still like to walk the properties if I can, because pictures don't always tell you everything. So no, they don't. They don't. Um, um, yeah. And in college towns, you know, right now, wow. Um, limited attendance at football games, right? Cause yeah. we're in the middle of football season, limited but attendance to classes, to classes, campus. The yeah. The couple of interns that I have, they started off where some of their stuff was e-learning, some of it was in class. And now, now they've shifted to all e-learning and they're like, yeah. you know, one of them was like, I don't learn this way. It's just, it's pretty tough on me, blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, Oh, well, okay. I, I didn't even think about it being tough on you. Like I would, right. I would love that. I, I mean, if, if I had that back, back in the day, which, was the internet around? I think it was. Yeah. Internet around. Yeah, it was. I mean, Netscape. I would have <laughs> loved it because I didn't have to show up in class. I wouldn't have loved oh, yeah. it when that, you know, final came back with a grade on it. But it's um, <laughs> <laughs> a different story. Uh, Julie has a follow-up question. If you have your own capital, you already got the cash, right? Does it ever make sense to use hard money for a burr? And I'm going to add to that. Does it ever make sense to use hard money for a flip i mean uh use yeah. your let me start okay, over you yeah if you have your own capital does it ever make sense to use hard money for a burr or does it ever make sense to use hard money for a flip even if you have your own capital all right guys so i want to take a break from the interview with jamie for just a minute and tell you more about the w2 capitalist mastermind that we talk about a lot during this episode and and jamie is one of the original members of the mastermind back in 2008 there's actually a good competition on who thinks they were the first i know the answer to that but i'm not telling anybody that one i'm going to take to my grip well i'll probably won't. i'll probably eventually tell anyway the mastermind the w2 capitalist mastermind is a virtual mastermind built for all experience levels and niches of real estate investing we have over 20 calls that are hosted and various times all throughout the month and it's a way for you to get connected with like-minded people from across the country who want to see you succeed who have been through what you're going through and want to help hold you accountable to building your own success. Link is in the show notes and you can find out more at w2capitalist.com slash mastermind. But for now, let's get back to the Q&A session with Mr. Jamie O'Brien. I love this question. I actually really, really like it because my my mentality has changed on this. Early on, we were using um, some of our own money, you know, majority of our own money to try and get these yeah. deals kind of flowing. I will say that you know a lot of lenders want to see some sort of track record, so you may have to um, use some of your own capital at first, unless you can find a private lender or somebody. Just lenders, you're talking about private lenders or like private, private or hard money lenders. Okay. Um, okay. Maybe not always, but but in my experience, it helps to have kind of a track record. So gotcha. to answer the question directly, though, I think it always makes sense to use someone else's money, and and here's why: because if you can earn a return and pay somebody an interest and you work that number into the deal. It's just the cost of doing business. And then you, what are you going to do with mm -hmm. your capital? Can, can you put that capital to work? There's an opportunity yeah. cost of money. You're either, you're the earning interest or you're paying interest. And so if you're using your own capital, yes, you can get a return on that capital. I, I understand that. But if you can get a gain from someone else's money and earn interest with your money, now you have two forms of cash flow or yeah. two streams of cash flow. So I love using other people's money as often as, as possible at this point. In time. Even but, when you already have the capital. Right? Yep. I, I use other people's money for my projects and I lend my money out the back door. Yeah. I'm, um, 
I'm getting really impatient. I've got some money sitting around and I'm not as active. I'm trying to find deals right now just because of where I think the market is going. But, um, and if, if I don't know, if I would have some sort of flip history, I would probably have dove, dove in a couple months ago. I think even said in the mastermind one night, Hey, I'm looking to find a property to flip got on all these buyers lists. I'm like, you guys are nuts. There's no way in hell that this is going to, this is, you know, I'm not doing it. And, yeah. um, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm in my comfort zone. Maybe it's going to be one of those. I, I'm just not experienced enough to, to be. To no, be I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I, there, now, there's if I can find one that is, right. that is, Hey, we're going to come in here and throw some paint up. Yeah. Yeah. Clean it up. Like, then, yep. Yeah. Kind of a cosmetic flooring paint fixtures and, call it a day. Um, yeah. and they're out there. I mean, we've, we've done those before and I, I, but I agree with you. I think there is and good, good for them. I mean, I think that's part of being a wholesaler and we'll, we'll yeah. talk about that is if you're wholesaling, you need to have a buyer's list, but then you need to have a VIP buyer's list. Right. I think that's yeah. very important. And I think, um, it is very been, possible. I, that I am <laughs> not seeing the good stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's a select <laughs> few and, and, we're not, we're not to the volume of some of the other players in our market yeah. and, and that's fine. We're getting there. Um, yeah. but I'm, I'm 99% sure that I don't see 80% of the good deals that, that come out on list because they are sent to a select few people that, you know, do big volume and, and people, and that's good. I mean, people know they can close, they know they're consistent, yeah. they know that they're consecutive, they know they got the money to, to get it done. So I think that's, and, if you're wholesaling, it, it's a big piece of your, your buyer's list is probably the most important piece of your puzzle. Um, yes. Yeah, Thanks I agree. Working. And kudos yeah. to them. I mean, I, I get that's how, if they're doing a full-time, that's how they support their family. And, and right. I don't want them to wait on me to him haul and then miss out on a deal because I couldn't make my mind up. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Good for them. By the way, I just created the title for the episode and we'll steal your line. It's you're either earning interest or you're paying interest. Love that. Cause I think it's so yep. awesome. Well, I can't take credit for it. That's a quote from uh, Nelson Nash who, uh, I know, yeah. I know of Nelson of, Nash. I don't know him, but uh, yeah, the, yeah. the, uh, infinite banking. So I'm not going to take credit for that. Cause someone's going to be like, Nelson Nash said that he stole that, but uh, <laughs> I, well, I, like but it. I love it. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's good. That's good. All right. Jesus got one more question here. Uh, in before I, before I read the question off, I, unless you did something like overnight, neither one of us are uh, CPAs nor oh. attorneys in their yep. disclaimer. That's my disclaimer is seek professional tax advice. Yeah. Um, my disclaimer is don't sue me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's good enough. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I'm not a lawyer, so maybe it is. <laughs> uh, this is for entertainment purposes only. That's right. Uh, there we go. Anyway. Uh, Julie's question, because of the tax implications on a flip, do you have a set amount that you must make in order to make it worth, worth it, or you would just turn it into a burr? Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely look for, um, like, do you, flips. Do you go ahead and calculate the taxes into it. Like, Hey, if I sell this and I make 50,000 on it, then I'm going to pay X number in taxes. So my profit's really 40. And if I had to split that with my partner three ways, partners yeah. three ways, then is it worth it? Like, do you go through that kind of math or? No, I, I think no, that's what I she's mean, asking. No, it is. And I think that's what she's asking as well. It's a great question. I mean, there are uh, tax implications and depending on your, um, your tax bracket, I mean, they, yeah. they can be substantial. I think it's, it's bigger than that. I think if we were, I guess to answer a question more clearly, if we're looking at a property that could go flip or her, 
Um, I, if I can make, especially in this market, if I can make 30 grand on it, um, that's kind of our, our number for a flip is usually 30,000. When we go in, it may turn out to be a little less or a little more depending on all the factors. Um, and then on a burr, I like to make a 150 cash flow. And, uh, if you just break that down, how many months is it going to take you to earn 30 grand on cash flow? And I get, I get it. Appreciation, long-term wow. wealth, <laughs> debt pay down. Yeah. I mean, I understand the whole the concept. Um, in this current market, if I can flip it and make 30 grand, I'm flipping it. Yeah. Um, just because I think that I'll be able to get better than 150 cash flow in the future. So for me right now, liquid capital is king. And yeah. that's what I'm trying to accumulate. Um, I don't know if that specifically answers your question. We don't have a set like breakdown, but we know usually on what we can buy it for. Um, and based on how I run my numbers on burrs and everything else, if, if it doesn't hit that 150, I may still be able to flip it. But if I can, if I'm only making 30 grand on the flip, I'm probably not going to be able to burr it. Now, if I'm making way more, I may be able to do both. Does that gotcha. make sense? Yep. Yep. Right there. So, I mean, if they, if it barely meets what my is threshold that? of profit, yeah. I'm probably not going to hit my numbers on Burr. Um, but the Burr will almost always hit the profit. Gotcha. Is the there time. a number? Is there a number that you said, um, we'll play out a hypothetical. We're not in the mastermind, yeah. so we're allowed to do this, right? Sure. Um, so, by the way, if you don't know what I'm just talking about, so in the mastermind, you're not allowed to speak on, well, I heard this, I saw this, or I read this. If you're giving somebody advice, then you're or answering somebody's question. It has to be based off your experience, right? And um, that's, that's what I'm referring to. But so we'll play a hypothetical. Uh, is there a number? Let's just say you get into a property and you run into those unexpected, like tens of thousands of dollars, right? Yep. Is there a number that that says, okay, well, I I can only make five grand off of a flip. I'm just going to burr it. Is I mean, is there a number you have in the back of your head, or is it when you go into these things, you're like, all right, we're flipping it. Although, if, you know, if we ran into something, we would burr it. But do you do that on every every one, or or it's not on every sense? one. I mean, I the, okay. I guess the the closest one I can speak to is one we just sold this year. Actually, we were going to burr it. Um, went over budget. Uh, a lot of things happened. COVID happened refinances, cash out refinances got more difficult and, and or non-existent in some places for a little while. And, and so the decision, we made a decision to go ahead and just sell it as a flip. Um, I think it would have been a good burr, but again, I come back to, I think I could find better ones. So then also mm -hmm. what's the, what's the cost of tying up debt um, that maybe I could use on another property down the road? Maybe that's yeah. too small minded. And I'm sure people are going to have a million different opinions about this. But at the point in time uh, when we made that decision, it seemed like the right decision for us. It still would have cash flowed. It still would have been a great burr. I would have had no money in it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But again, right now I'm trying to, my focus is, is trying to build as much liquid capital. Unless I find a deal that's just a no brainer um, burr property, I'm yeah. probably going to flip it right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then the markets, I mean, the, for example, the, um, have a mobile homes, our only single family home in our portfolio that I put up tenants are, are, are going to move out. Um, we've come to find out, but our property manager said, Hey, we're no longer going to manage mobile homes. Right. When the tenants leases up, we're going to turn the property back over to you. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, number one, I don't want to own it. Um, yeah. although I kind of am still, but, 
Um, I don't want to rent it out, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm a little, I'm a little best thing to happen. Like, it's one of the best things to happen. Get rid of this property manager. Cause they're, they're not very good anyway. Um, yeah. but the, uh, I put the listing, Hey, here's, here's the property, you know, on Facebook marketplace on Craigslist on, um, uh, Zillow. Mm-hmm. And I had over 200 responses. Yeah. Now I'm asking 60,000 for a two bedroom, two bath mobile home on a quarter of acre land. Mm-hmm. Land comes with it. Right. You know, was, there is no lot rent after you pay it. Cause it's in a neighborhood. It's not in, it's not in a park. And, um, it's under, well, I'm under contract to sell it. Yeah. I had 200 responses, had six people lined up to view it this past Saturday. The last one says, I want it. And mm-hmm. he's, I said, it's under contract. He has the contract. Now he's reviewing it. I sent it to him late yesterday afternoon after I got it back from the attorney. So it's crazy to think like, all right, maybe I shouldn't have asked, maybe I should have asked for more, you know, who knows you might've, you might've gotten it. I mean, it, it's, I, I battle this internally every single time we have a property and like, I really, really fully believe in the long-term wealth generation of buy and hold. I think it's yeah. extremely powerful and it will continue to be um, a huge part of our strategy. Just right now, I feel like if you can stack cash, you're just going to be that much better off if and when it hits the fan, uh, you know, yeah. or, or there's more opportunity. I don't know if it'll hit the fan. Per Should se, I change that to the title? So we don't have copyright <laughs> violations stack no, no, time whatever. to stack the cash. <laughs> time to stack the cash. You can, you can put whatever you want uh, as the title. I don't think it'll be, I don't know if it's copyrighted or not, but. Um, so, I mean, that's, I didn't, copyright. I've been spending a lot of time with a copyright or a lot more time with a copyright attorney this year than I have ever yeah. because of, of some things that, uh, I see going on and whatnot. You and I have talked about them a little mm-hmm. bit and, uh, there's amazing stuff that you cannot get copyrighted. It's, yeah. it's very interesting. It's very particular and it's, it's, um, yeah, once you start that process, it's a long process to get it done. But anyway, yeah. And, and so I don't feel like I answered that question very clearly, just to be clear. And I know I didn't. I've heard <laughs> some people, you'd have to set your own number on what that is. And I've heard some people run a number at, uh, you know, 15 or 20 years. If, if I can make that amount of profit yeah, is from cash flow over the next 20 years. Sure. That makes a ton of sense. You've got the debt pay down. You've got everything else, the tax benefits of the buy and hold. But I don't personally have like a set number um, that I look at to determine if we're going to flip or burr. It's kind of a, it's kind of a gut feeling, you know, what neighborhoods it at, what's the purchase price. Um, Again, and kind of what's, what, what are all the numbers look like? But uh, right now, if if we can make some good money on a flip, we're probably going to do it. And I'm, I'm not seeing properties that are like no brainer purchase price for buy and hold right now. Yeah. It's even though, and here's, here's where I think a lot of investors are doing that as they look in, they're like, if I can lock in a loan for 30 years at 2.5, 2.6. It makes a lot of sense. It makes makes a a lot of sense, but I I am not that patient because I don't know how long it's going to take for that rent to catch up to where it actually makes sense. Right. Right. And I don't want to put myself in that situation. I I won't, you know, there's a, there's an attorney commercial or or somebody. Yes. 
KL, JL Klimjack or something like, I want my money and I want it now. Right, right, right. right. Uh, JG Wentworth, Wentworth. Yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it. <laughs> There's another one down here too. I think they, speaking of copyright, maybe they uh, they use the same thing. But uh, yeah, I want my money and I want it now. And it's, I don't want to... I don't have that kind of, like if I had enough assets, sure. You're, That's what I was just going to say. I think it depends on where you're at financially as well and, and what yeah. your kind of income and tax brackets and everything else. Like what are your strategies? Like if your yeah. strategy is, is trying to find um, ways to reduce your tax burden, I think mm-hmm. a burr and a buy and hold makes the most sense all day long. Uh, if you, yeah. you know, if you're going to play in that market, um, I still love a flip. They're just fun to me. Uh, <laughs> That's a sexy but, part of investing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I love them is because we were watching uh, HGTV back in the day, one of those shows. And this was before we even, uh, we may not even been married, but I remember it like it was yesterday. I was talking to my wife and I was like, we could do this. She's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, watch. <laughs> That's funny. That's, it's good. That's good. That's how well we got yeah. excited about real estate investing, but uh, through that, but like you, we, we start when kid number one was on the way and somehow rich dad, poor dad stumbled mm-hmm. into my lap and I started listening to it. And I was like, I, I was so pissed off, but excited at the same time. Cause everything I'd been taught about money was absolutely wrong until I found that book. I was like, wow, this is. So I feel even dumber. I read rich dad, poor dad years ago and then just never <laughs> took any action. I still, for some reason thought you had to have millions of dollars to invest in real estate. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't but, until we had we found out we were pregnant that I was like, I reread it and then I was like, okay, yeah. we just gotta figure this out. It wasn't you weren't the audience at the time, right? You didn't right. know what it right. meant to be a dad and, and right. a lot of that story talks about some of that. So um good stuff. All right, so I'm gonna say my disclaimer again. We're not CPAs, we're not attorneys. Uh Chris is kind of a follow-up question to Julie's is um what should we expect for tax implications when underwriting when underwriting a, a flip? Like, what do you bake in? Do you 30% more? What I mean, I bake in whatever your, whatever your tax, tax bracket, bracket is. It's yeah, your, it's, it's, yeah. It's, um, I just blanked on what it's called, but it's whatever your, your capital gains. Yeah. Capital gains is going to be your standard tax rate most of the time. I don't, I don't really look at that until the end of the year. Maybe I should. Um, I, I do, let me take that. Back. I do me, from yeah. a, from a, like <laughs> a, a big picture standpoint, like if, if, into the year right now, we've got a couple of properties coming up for sale. If one was going to put me into the next tax bracket, I would wait to sell it till next year, you know, yeah. and just try and figure, play that game. But at the end of the day, tax man is going to get his. We've got, you know, the best what the buy and holds are for, in my opinion, is trying to pull down that tax liability. Um, yeah. Unless you're planning on doing slow flips or, uh, or whatnot, and that's a whole different conversation, unless you're going to hold it longer than a year, you're paying the taxes. So, just figure out what your profit number is you're comfortable with and pay the man. Yeah. I don't, as little as possible, but pay him. As little as possible. Absolutely. If you're not doing around 7%, you, you need to, you need a new CPA. Something's yeah. wrong. There you go. <laughs> um, while you may be in that 27, 30% tax bracket, whatever, at the end of the day, if you're not paying 7% and you own investment properties, you're doing right. something wrong. Yeah. Uh, I know guys who have worked it out where they paid zero taxes in the last couple of years. And, and, you know, that's one thing where I struggle with is, is I don't have an overall strategy tax strategy, right. Is, is by the end of the year, I, I basically show them, Hey, here's what we did. Mm-hmm. Here's our W2 income, blah, 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 which that no longer exists. I'm really interested to see what our taxes do this year. 
Um, but I, I don't, I don't have a strategy. Like you were talking about, Hey, if we close this one, or I've heard of people when they're selling properties that they'll push them off like it here, you know, here we are toward the end of the year, Mm -hmm. they'll actually push the closing off till, you know, January 2nd or 3rd because they don't want the tax implications. But I I just don't, I don't have that strategy. Right. Which is, I don't know. I think there's some, I, I stress this to people, especially, um, people getting, getting started or people getting going, like, don't, you can get so in the weeds, like up, up to your, you can get up to your neck in like the details of everything and figure it. Yes, it's important. I get it. Um, and I think at some point in time, it makes sense to probably look at like a, a, a big picture tax strategy. But I mean, yeah. I trust my CPA. I found a CPA that is uh, very versed in real estate. Um, you know, I know what I earn from a W-2. As long as I can stay in my like friendly little tax bracket, I don't know without making it more time than it's worth, I think, in my yeah, opinion, it's like to really dig into strategy and paying. I think once yeah. you hit a certain level, it makes a lot of sense. Um but right now it's just kind of yeah and, and for the love if you're listening to this and you've never done a deal the last thing you need to be worried about is how it's going to affect you on the tax bracket you just need to get a deal done right yeah. you just need to get one done um don't even don't even worry about it. it's funny um this came up because earlier uh we were talking about or my son and I I've been sitting down. So Jake and Gino have this youth Academy mm-hmm. hundred videos are like five minutes long and I'm making them watch those like one every now and then I, I was trying to do one a week, but he's six. Right? Yeah. How much can he get from it? But it was on taxes. And I think I'm learning more out of it than he is because one of the things that uh, Gino brought up was um, in 1913, that's when the 16th amendment went into place where the federal reserve started this whole tax thing. Right. Right. Uh, before then, what they would do is they would sell land to raise Mm. money for the government. I didn't know that. Um, And he said, you know, in in the 16th amendment or the original tax uh, code was only eight pages long. Right. (laughs) And here we are 107 years later and it's approximately 75,000 pages long. Nobody can tell you exactly how many pages it is. And um, (laughs) I was looking this up. And apparently if you read at 250 words per minute, it'll take you eight weeks to read yeah. the whole thing front to back, which good gosh, just shoot me now. I do not right. want to, I mean, right. that, that's death yeah. by a thousand razors for sure. Um, it's just crazy to think how much this has grown uh, over the years. It's, anyway, it's wild. And also and, and the government would just sell land to, to raise money to do that, I guess. I guess if they ever ran into an issue, they can do that more and get rid of it. Hey, it's hey, that's whatever. actually I don't know. not not going to get off on a tangent, but that's actually a very hot topic right now in politics. Um, so taxes or in, in certain in certain niches, no selling land, uh, public land, and um, so we won't go down the pol- political road. I would love let's no, let's go, let's go. No, what no, the, I mean, what's so the, I'm a big I'm a big I fan. I've heard so no, so I'm a big fan of uh, um, public public parks, public land, national yeah. parks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I, I would say that's that's one area that I don't necessarily agree with our current uh, president on, as he is a fan of opening up uh, the, the, those public lands to the people. Um, yes, to raise funds, and I get it; it would lower oh, the tax burden and everything else. Gotcha. But it, like renting or um, leasing mining rights and oil rights and um, farming rights and et cetera, they do some of that in certain places. But I think the public lands for the people, um, all of the people, and uh, you know, one of people. my 
Yeah. One of my dreams is to <laughs> just, no, to just go like on a big game hunt out and out West on public property. I mean, I've considered myself a, uh, a public land owner. So yeah, no, we all are. You're paying taxes. You're a public land owner. That's what yeah. my, my six-year-old and I were just talking about. Hey, we there's only taxes. so much land if we sell it all. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Who's the guy he, um, I got to look it up. Let's try to fill some airspace, uh, real quick. There's a guy here in the U S uh, John Malone. Um, he owns more acreage than any other individual. Um, like he, he, yeah, yeah. He, he owns more than even Ted Turner. Right. Um, he's the number one on the largest private landowners. Collectively, they own approximately 34 million of acres in the U S 34 million acres, but he himself, I think he's got like two, uh, I gotta find this now. Listen, they don't make any more land. Um, they don't, that's on my one day short list to, to have, have my own little piece of mine too, but it's, uh, yeah, yeah, John Malone, 2.2 million acres. That's close. I was going to say 200,000, but that didn't sound right. Yeah. CEO of AT&T mm. back in the day. There you go. Or not CEO of AT&T, of a TCI, which is a telecom company that AT&T bought for right. the tune of $50 billion. There's your fun fact for the day. Fun fact. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. So I want to give out shout out to Jason May. He also asked a question here, but we kind of covered it. Is how do you determine if it's a better to keep versus a flip? Anything yep. else you want to add to that one? No, I don't think so. I think it all comes back to what's your strategy. And for yeah. me, it comes down to um, purchase price versus sale price versus where I think we are in, in the big scheme of things. I'm Listen, I mean, I am still trying to learn the market cycles and everything else. I think I, I take a lot of advice from people who are a lot smarter than I am or, or have been through different cycles. And so for me, it's just right now, my personal strategy is to try and stack cash, um, with the thought that we're going to have the opportunity to, to buy better deals in the near future. So, yeah. Uh, and then what you if know, you're wrong and you're sitting on this pile of cash? Well, guess what? I can still lend it to people doing deals. I can still make money with it. That's the beautiful part That's about it. real estate. I that mean, yeah, I mean, I, I totally understand the analogy of uh, another Nelson Nash quote, or I don't think it was him. Someone else said it first, but you know, the best Zig time. Ziglar. <laughs> best time to plant a tree was yesterday. The next best time is today or 20 yeah, years ago. The next it. best time is today or whatever. So yeah. um, it is what it is. <laughs> there's always going to be deals. There's always going to be life happening. There's always going to be people that need to sell properties, um, you know, and, and cash finds opportunities. So yeah, yeah, it does. It does. And we got, I've got some sitting around. I got to put to work. I'm just, yeah. I'm being lazy right now with it. I don't know. All right. I don't know if I'm being, I think that's laziness label is me trying to convince myself that I need to do something with it. And I'm yeah. my patience is wearing out. I think that's what that is. But anyway, that's well, it, Jamie. That's uh, we went for almost an hour. Is that all the so, questions you said we weren't going to make it? it a, you weren't going to make it in time. I didn't think we would. I didn't think give we me would. a fire round. Where's that fun little game you play where you pull up a random question? And... We'll do that. We'll do that. All right, yeah, yeah. While I'm bringing this up. Uh, so if you're interested, Jamie leads the, the um, fix flip wholesale burr, Mastermind call happens on every other Tuesday night. You can find more information out at W2Capitalist forward slash mastermind. Jamie's also in the Birmingham, Alabama area with O'Brien Homes. That's the company he operates out of. Uh, Jamie, where are where can people find out and contact you if they're so interested while I'm bringing this up? Yeah, I think the best way is just 
Facebook.com slash O'Brien Homes, O-B-R-I-E-N-H-O-M-E-S. And uh, that'll pull up our page and you can message us, message us, message us goodness gracious, give us a call, send us a text, whatever. I'm happy nice. to, to kind of respond and help anybody I can. All right. So here we go. Off the wall is what we're yep. calling this segment. Off the wall. I like it. Uh, this one, this one kind of relates to, to uh, fix some clip or it can just in general though, do you okay. make a pros and cons list or do you just go with your gut? Mm. My first instinct was to say, go with my gut. Um, I will say when I'm looking at a property though, there's definitely a, a broke down, like detailed, there, there's numbers. It's, it's only numbers for me. It's, you know, yeah. what's it going to cost? What's, what's it going to cost to rehab it? And then what's it going to sell for? So I want to say I do pros and cons. Um, I pretty much just go with my gut. I tend to uh, shoot from the hip and then aim later. <laughs> <laughs> but you've done it enough. I mean, you, you've kind of figured, I mean, you figured out like you walk into a kitchen, okay, but well, this kitchen's 10,000 or this kitchen's 7,500. Right. Depending right. on what you're going to do with it. Right. So, yeah, we have um, a pretty good idea when we walk through what, what that, you know, what that's going to look like. And yeah. uh, I will say that we'll do pros and cons on a, like a unique property. If it's in a, um, maybe a, a more rural area or a gotcha. kind of weird neighborhood or especially a, we looked at one the other day we called it the Frankenstein house. Cause it was <laughs> kind of like, there were like two different add-on additions that were just kind of pieced together. The flow was super weird. So on those we'll do a pro like kind of a pro and con is just cause the, the neighborhood selling for 200 doesn't mean this house will because the flow is so awkward um, without yeah. doing major structural changes. Um, it just, it was just kind of was a weird layout. So we looked at a house like that just right around the corner from us. Yeah. Um, it, they were not add-ons. The house was built like this. Oh, really? And I'm it's like, awkward. what, what is, who designed this house? It was, it was weird. All right. Question number two, this one's going to go deep, man. Are, or it could, are we a minuscule part of intelligent life in the universe? Wow. That could go deep. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, that's a question that, um, I think could terrify a lot of people. So <laughs> I, I, you know what, part of me wants to say, I would like to say, yes, I would like to think that there is something else out there just because that just makes it more interesting. Like what are we doing? Just stuck here on a rock floating through space. If there's not yeah. something else, you know, kind of out there as well. So I'd like to think that we're just a, a small part of the big, the big picture. Um, that's kind of scary to think about. It is. And now here's on a, on a very clear night, right? Where you can see the yeah. stars and everything. Go outside and look up at the sky and stare for five minutes and then think about that question. Yeah. Like, I have before, usually crap. after a couple beverages, <laughs> you know, laying in a field. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, I just, I had one that was pretty good too and I lost it. So uh, let me scroll. Okay. What is one thing people buy that you think is a total waste of money? Um, by the way don't put yourself in the doghouse here (laughs) (laughs) too late um i think i think americans in particular have a obscene obsession with automobiles the the amount of money people pay for cars in my opinion is the dumbest thing you can do with money um that is one same way i'm the same way the obsession with clothes and this one's going to get me in the doghouse i (laughs) I do not like whatever. Call me non-stylish. I, I wear, I've got my like kind of small wardrobe, but I do not understand the obsession with 
clothes. Like clothes. Either. Like I don't understand why you need to have 15 pairs of jeans. Like have like a nice pair, maybe two like casual pairs, and then like a work yeah. pair. And that's like that's just kind of how I roll. Um, I don't spend yeah. a lot of money on on kind of the material things in life. I don't either. I uh, um, since COVID, since I got laid off, uh, I've got about four, well, I've got more than four or five of these, but I've got four or five of these that I wear, yeah. and yeah. then that's it. I, I I don't get it. You know, I, I'm same thing with the car thing. And there's a couple of guys who I'm connected to just through social media and whatnot, and they're they're real estate investors, but they're also car junkies. They like just fast cars and whatnot. And one of them posted a picture of his new ride and yeah. it was a very expensive one. So I, I called him out on it and he and I kind of went back and forth a little bit. I'm like, I just, I don't get, like, I have a, a 10 year old truck. My wife's vehicle is, is, um, it's a couple of years old, I think. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Um, but it was, you know, we've never, I don't know. Got another one of shoes. You do know, you know, that guy that has like every pair of shoes possible. <laughs> I do. I used to work that with one like just that. really like, I just can't get it, man. And somebody's going to blow me up for this, but I don't understand why you need 15 pairs of Jordans. Like, I just don't understand it. You know, the guy like, I'm thinking of right now that you, that, uh, you reminded me of him. He was trying to convince me that you can, you can make, extremely good money on shoes and I'm cars. sure you can i don't know about like cars. i just i don't shoes, i don't know <laughs> if you don't wear them like i mean maybe i guess um don't wear them like don't I, dry them drive them right so listen i think cars if if listen if i was making seven eight figures a year i'd probably have a nice car but that's expendable income at that point in time yeah i, I yeah, think a but, lot of people put themselves in bad financial positions because of vehicles yeah and uh that's where i don't understand i don't think i don't think there's a, a dollar amount that i can make where i'm gonna then go buy a car that i can't afford or it doesn't right. make sense i mean i'm, right. I'm gonna have my truck I'm, I'm never gonna buy a new vehicle because the moment i mean it's true the moment you drive off the lot is worth a lot less yeah. right yeah uh, Jamie, good catching up with you, man. I'm going to go eat supper and then get ready for the Thursday night edition of the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. We've got, cool. got about an man. hour. I can't believe the kids haven't been screaming more than what they have been because it's supper time. And No, man. Get to stuff, it. Do the so. family. I appreciate you uh, having me back on. It's always fun to catch up. And that was a fun episode. Yeah. I, so our fun, so fun series. Let's, let's do it again. Let's go ahead. I know uh, Adam, who leads the buy and hold call, he wants to have a discussion with all you guys about, all right, here's That's why my niche say. is the best. Yeah, right? yeah I was, he, I we would have would be, a pretty good conversation about buy and yeah. hold versus flip. And we've had that conversation offline and he has some very good points, but uh, yeah, yeah, that, I, would, that would be fun. I just uh, interviewed um, Neil Bawa, who's a multifamily guy, right? And mm-hmm. he was talking about how he's, he only invests in class A and class C is, is where he goes, there's no money to be made in class C. And I was like, Neil, and I told him before we recorded, I said, Neil, there's a couple of things I don't agree with you on. So I'm going to call you out on them. Is that okay? Right. He goes, yes. So in that, I, I asked him, I said, Neil, I said, what do you mean there's no value in value add? And he goes, well, and he started backtracking a little. He, he justified his reason of why he's now focused on class A and actually developing some stuff. And it was very, right. very well thought out. And then he admitted half his portfolios is class C. Right. And I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is your, your post on Instagram was this and it wasn't the full picture. And he was like, right. yeah, 
It wasn't a full picture because I'm sure somebody in my social media team was using it as clickbait and obviously it worked. I was like, there you go. Got it. (laughs) So anyway, Jamie, good talking to you, man. I will uh, hopefully see you in person next week. We'll figure it out. I hope so. Let me know. Yeah. I'll text you and uh, we'll see if we can figure that one. Figure that one out. All right, man. Have a good night. All right. See you, buddy. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Jamie and I. And here's what I recommend as next steps. Number one, Join us in the community. That's where all the Ask Me Anything questions came from. And you can find out more at w2capitalist.com forward slash community. And uh, also check out, connect with Jamie, right? So number two, let me back up. Number one, connect with us, connect with both of us at w2capitalist.com forward slash community, get involved with the community. Number two, connect with Jamie. He hangs out on Facebook a lot and Instagram does a lot of good stuff on flipping, fixing, flipping, wholesaling, and burring. Great resource for you to tap into uh, that's there. Right. And uh, I've never, never been turned away when I've asked him for a help or a question or anything I had going on on any of those strategies that typically surround flipping and wholesaling. So, yeah, reach out to him. Link is in the show notes. And from here, we want to go and do some earn, invest, repeat. <laughs> <laughs>